Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage. Why, hi, Z. It's a brand new Paul and Rage podcast. Thank you very much for getting the little download. We come to you from a very special location. We've been through serial killers. We've been to the VIP location of... Uh, of a Virgin, Virgin Lounge, yes. We've been to my place, we've been to your place, yep. we've been to New York City, yep. we've done it on Skype, yep. and today we return to our mate Trevor Long's uh, very salubrious personal home studio, Rachel Corbett. My voice sounds very professional in these microphones. Red leather, yellow, yellow leather. leather, red leather. <laughs> Regional radio man is my real speaking voice. <laughs> How's the week been, love? Uh, it's been good. It's been so good. I kind of entered this podcast with not much to say because Aww. I can't remember what I've done in the last week. Have you been busy or have you been busy working this week? I've been busy. I've done a bit of work. Today, I spent most of the day at the hospital because my best mate ended up going in. Um, here's something. She went into the hospital. I just need yeah, to. Yeah, okay. We just, can we just explain to everyone why you're a little <clears throat> part because Trev bought me bean and rice chips, nacho flavored, that are vegan and gluten free. What a host! We are here on uh, whatever <laughs> come, night it is at eleven o'clock like at night. Eleven o'clock at night to his studio. His and beautiful he wife me is chips. working outside, children <laughs> asleep upstairs, and we're sitting here playing Xbox mm-hmm. and having corn chips and eating his chippies. Yeah. Um, and it's terribly unprofessional for me to take another mouthful. But excuse me for one moment. I edited that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the hospital and they didn't know what she had. They were sort of thinking about it, it might have been appendicitis. And then she's, you know, she's got all of these sort of issues with the old ovaries. They love popping a cyst out. Love just growing a cyst every every couple of days. So anyway, she was in hospital. But we've come such a long way in the medical profession. Mm. The idea that you can be in hospital for sort of almost 24 hours and they're still not 100% sure what's wrong with you. Like I kind of want my medical (laughs) professionals to know, and I know you can't know everything. I know things, you know, you have. they've got like a medical Google. Mm. When somebody comes into a GP, there is a medical Google that they can refer to when they sort of say certain symptoms. But I want my doctor, particularly my surgeons, to know what's going on. So if they're dealing with the bottom half, you want them to be able to get on that ASAP. Exactly. To know what's going on. So she had to have the whole, you know, I mean, they have to poke around in there and everything. She was saying that, you know, they do the old internal examination. She's like, you feel so cheap because they come in, they examine you internally, and then they go, here's some tissues. Could you clean yourself up? And what was she expecting? A cuddle? No, but like. Like a surgeon's not going to go in there and say, so, Rachel, <laughs> why don't you just lay back for me and put your left leg in this stirrup? Your right leg in the stirrup. One second, I am going to put the speculum in hot water. (laughs) What do you expect? What's supposed to happen? Your legs are kimbo. It is slightly better than your experience inside the medical centre, but still, what is she supposed to do? They're not going to give you flowers. No, I know, but just the old idea of like being thrown a box of tissues and then sort of saying... Pull your duds up and take care of yourself and we'll see you outside. I don't know. It just felt a little bit cold. Anyway, the long version of the story was that she um, basically, because she's had so many painkillers, I just got a text saying she finally did a shit so they can release her. <laughs> so <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. There's something that's been going around the internets this week, uh, P. Murray, that I have yet to click on, but I don't know whether I should be clicking on it because there seems to be 
like people are really excited about it. This GoPro in a dishwasher. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, I saw this thing. This is, I think, news.com.au ran this one, or mm-hmm. one of them did, where it's like, you'll never guess what happens inside your dishwasher. Can I be really clear? <laughs> yeah. Hot water. <laughs> That's it. I don't give a f- I couldn't care less. But is it, I haven't watched the video. Is it exciting? I don't get I don't, why I don't want people to watch are it. excited. Because the problem is, if you, this is the problem, Rach. Uh-huh. If you watch it, you feed the problem, okay? Yeah. You, 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 you've got to, you know, like drugs, heroin, whatever. You've got yeah. to cut off the supply chain okay. by cutting off the demand. Okay, can I look, can I click on the YouTube thing just to see how many people have watched it? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, it's playing accidentally. Can I watch it now? No, no. Oh, oh that looked like it. Had like this is rubbish. It's not. This is not. <laughs> it looks I'm, like somebody's having sex with it from the bottom. So what is it? Is, 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 I'm this, not looking at this thing. I'm not interested. I don't want to know. Okay. There's like water going up and down, but there's also this like plastic pipe that's going in and out of it. Like it's somebody's making sweet plastic love to it. <laughs> and then, there, can you see like a little a dish ball? Is that rolling around there? No. The finish Ooh, ball. Oh, it came. Up, it's, it comes out like a horse's pee pee. Like. <laughs> It does. And now it's like squirting. Oh, I don't want to hear that sound. <laughs> this oh, that looks... is grubby. <laughs> this looks rudimentary at best. This is what happens in the dishwasher? Well, what do you expect? It's a thing that's just like a sprinkler throwing hot water around. Yeah, what, but what I always happen? thought that it was something a lot more technical than this. This is literally your sort of at-home sprinkler. Just shush it. No wonder we have to rinse stuff off before we put it in the dishwasher because it can't do it. Oh, now it's going mental. Okay. Now it's going mental. Here's, okay, here's oh, where this, is, this is knocking the dirt off the dishes. Okay. Right. This is what we pay for. This is the bit where I'm going to become very, very depressed because we put a lot of work into the podcast <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we don't have 7 million views. How many views has this <laughs> stupid video of a camera inside a dishwasher got, Rachel Corbin? <laughs> 3.4 million. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. I'm sure there's a time in any young lady's life where you look back at uh, the crushes of your youth. Oh, yeah. The things that you used to have uh, up on the wall, the smash hits, the countdown magazine, mm-hmm. the TV hits magazine. Do you mean real crushes or celebrity crushes? I'm talking a bit celeb crushes. Oh, yeah. I had embarrassing ones. Who was your biggest uh, as a little one? For starters, I can remember Jeremy Jordan, a poster of Jeremy Jordan on my wall, who was the dude that sang that, it's the right kind of love, it's the right kind of love. Was on the basketball court, but the first, and I've told you this before, the first romantic dream that I ever had was about Les Hill <laughs> from Home and Away. Yeah. I so had you a were pretty a TV limited week, kind of. Girl. Yeah, I was your sort of TV. I wasn't stretching out to sort of your Dolly or you know any of those bigger mags. I was your sort of TV week celebrity crush. Now there is one that uh, is a more recent celebrity crush, and I do like this one. Mm. Uh, harks back to our time on the radio where you yourself, 2008. Optimus Prime. Mm, not quite. No? Oh, you, I do you, have a crush you, on Optimus Prime. You, you, are, well, you were all in on Barack Obama. Oh, like, Barack you Obama, were like, yeah. Oh, how good is this? Now, as we know, Barack is now um, six years in, a little bit greying, mm-hmm. and there's an image of him that uh, jumped up on the New York Post past 24 hours of him working out. Yeah. 
Does he still do it for you? No. That's what I thought. I watched that workout video and it looks like Mr. Burns is working out. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing some lunges and some like chest presses and things. And it just, oh, it was, because, you know, he's, there's a smoothness about him that I liked. There was a sort of, you know, the, the sort of handshake, the confidence, the, and I watched that video and I thought, oh, this is going to be pretty hot, you know, because I'm not, I'm not very into porn. So I thought this will be my porn. Watched it and went, <laughs> that was, the most, that was that was my porn threshold. That was it. That was my porn quota for life, and I've just spent it on a Barack Obama working out video. Yeah, okay. So black men exercising is apparently oh, the no. two tags that you need. If you've got any suggestions, at Rachel Corbett on Twitter. You're right. It is a bit Mr. Burnsy, but it's just this weird thing where, and I get it, you know, I'm only starting in the exercise world. Mm-hmm. You, my friend, well and truly, you know, oh, this is... It's a life. But if you went to Warsaw for like a day, would you need to go and work out? Surely you could just punch out a couple of days without picking up the dumbbells. The thing that weirded me out about the whole thing was what is he doing in a gym with some bloke with an iPhone that can film him? Correct. Like, how how are they not bringing dumbbells to his off to his apartment? Yeah, correct. Yeah, how, sh- surely why? there's surely there's two bags. One is you know the nuke codes, and the other is <laughs> yeah. just you know, a little bit of a kettlebell. I'm pretty sure, like the rest You're of like, us, I don't know what a kettlebell I is. I do. I'm impressed. The <laughs> rest of us couldn't call down to reception and say, "Could I take some of the exercise gear up to my room?" But I'm pretty sure the president of the United States. If he wants a running machine in his room, he can pretty much have it. So what's he doing down there in the gym with normal people? Trying to pick up. Get <laughs> <laughs> the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, you know from time to time I like uh, you to get your two fingers. What? To put them on my body and just give me a little bit of a douche check. A little <laughs> bit of a douche pulse check. Just to double check whether I'm being a little bit douchey. Okay, that's so went in a better direction than I thought it was going to. Well, I, don't yes. know, I don't know where else I would have been suggesting okay, these Okay, yeah. All right, douche check time. Okay, so you've got you've got you've got your two fingers on my douche gland. Yes, yep. Um, been hanging out in the hotel for the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, not a marital thing. It was okay. just who cares? Some okay. work in the city. Yep. Now, here's the question: Am I a bit of a douche? When I was given the original room, I've walked in, I like the room, but I can see out the window that next door is a construction site. So I just go, "Mm, excuse me, pick up the phone. Is there a better room, please? Is that douchey? (sighs) City Hotel, construction site is next door. And I know that there's only going to be a finite period of time I'm going to be able to sleep here. So if they were going to start working up at five in the morning, I was going to. So that was your reason. Oh, okay. I thought you didn't like the view. Oh, imagine. Then you change, yeah, not I only thought is you'd... it a this gland. This is, I was working out how I was supposed to let you down gently and yeah. say, P. Murray. You're a f- <laughs> Exactly. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. TLC, are you aware of their work? Uh, is that the one? Digging on you, digging on me, digging on you, baby, baby, oh, baby, baby. It's all like, a, it's all like that. I gotta be in love or something. No? No, I knew. Just I wanted to hear you go all the way. <laughs> I love those songs that exist sort of in those 90s where it's like, <gasps> you can hear yeah, massive breaths exactly. in the middle of the songs. It's like exactly. the engineer just couldn't be stuffed cutting them out. Couldn't <sighs> give a rat. So they're in the country at the moment touring. Right now, I was a massive TLC fan back in the nineties. Loved a bit of waterfall, uh, waterfalls. Mm, but mm, 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 waterfall. Mm, mm, mm. please 
stick to the rivers and the licks that you used to. But uh, the thing that amazed me. <laughs> this podcast has just turned into us singing. It's just gone like, remember nuts Remember at the now. start. At the start. <laughs> we would have gone. Oh, we can now. It's just now. Like, it's it's loose. It's a karaoke. Oh, I'm high on bean and rice chips. You've had a couple of freckles. Anything could happen. It's eleven o'clock at night. Who knows where this is going? The thing that surprised me about TLC was they've sold out. What from the original rock and roll roots? <laughs> no, I mean their concerts have actually sold out. Oh, like ticket sales. I bet they're fat. Do <laughs> you think? I reckon one of them would be really puffy. Really? At least there would just be a puff about them. I reckon it'd be, I think her name is T-Boz. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Do you reckon that's honestly T-Boz. what she... T-Boz. Okay, does T-Boz really fill out her tax return every year? I bet her real name's Estelle. <laughs> T-Boz. Oh. Puffed up? T- have a crack at T-Boz. <laughs> <laughs> she swallowed the other members of the band. You're listening to Paul and Rach. We've been having a bit of uh, car trouble in the Murray household this uh, past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Something with me, Mrs. Clutch. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. So we've been sort of a one-car family mm-hmm. for a little while. Is that and- annoying? Because you are a man of independence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you like, from time to time, to just get in your car and drive. Yes. What can I say? It is a slight way that I deal with the world. Sometimes <laughs> I just go, I disappear. You like driving... More than anybody I know. Really? Yeah. You because you just like to drive sometimes, right? I love driving. You love driving. Driving for me is an A to B experience. Really? I, I don't mind it I've at done short. Driving dis- holidays. Well, I've know. done holidays where I've just turned around. I've had a week off work, and I've gone. All right, bugger it. And I got what was then the Open Road magazine or something, and I said, I'm going to drive somewhere in New South Wales, and and this is, will be the magazine, and I will just pick a spot. Really? Let's see what's doing. I mean, and I'm the type of person who I, I like. I like the the Russian roulette of of seeing the petrol tank go from E to <laughs> that mysterious below <laughs> E world where we all think we know how many Ks we've got below E. What's your theory with the whole thing? Because I think until the orange light goes on consistently, you are absolutely in fine territory. You may as well be on half a tank. Correct. Do you have in your car one of those tickers that tells you how many Ks you've got according to the petrol? No, too fancy. Well, it's not too fancy because we hired a car um, what, This and this is back when I was 21, so this was like rudimentary technology in con- comparison to what's out there now, but we hired was a car. Is this the Ronnie C money that you were using? <laughs> this is way post-bankruptcy. <laughs> so this was a cheap-ass uh, cheap hire car and I was my boyfriend was moving back up to Sydney from Melbourne and so oh. we took the car and Yas was the next town we were going to get to and so we saw on the, on the sign it said, you know, 60Ks to Yas. And so on our little ticker thing said you've got 95 k's of oh, petrol. Hello. Uh, hello. Fine. It's absolutely got time sorted. To pull over and make the most of a rest stop. Let's do a couple of doughies. Like let's just really <laughs> waste this down, you know? Let's just do in fact, let's just do a U-turn at the next U-turn bay. Mm. Go back for a couple of hundred meters and then just come back and get on. I mean, we got we got petrol to burn. But the problem with these things is, and I don't know if they fixed some of the glitches, they're not what one would say is accurate. No, not quite. They're sort of more of a roundabout estimation. So we sort of driving, driving, and 95 is slowly as it was before ticking down to 94, and then all of a sudden it just starts tick, 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 down to 75, down to 65, down to 50, and it's ticking like way quicker than it should be. And those doughies are not. You want to take back those doughies. We've had to cut back the doughies by a couple, and then all of a sudden the car stops. And of course, I mean, me and my boyfriend were like, oh, 
bloody electronics. They're broken. They're, they're, this is the electronics of the car. We <laughs> rang the NRMA and we said, look, we've got we've got a hire car here. Faulty. Faulty. Of course. They said, well, they're not exactly accurate. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, yeah, look, I understand you've got a yellow flashing light here, <laughs> exactly. but no need to be, no need, no need for the lip, okay? So, Ralph. At the ripe age of 21, oh. might I add, like we know anything that's going on in the world. Gave him a bit of the, the electronics of the car, a bugger, mate. I think. Uh, Was the bloke a bit music festival? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Okay, music. that's good. This was pre-music festival. Because okay. what's a music festival guy going to know about a car, right? But my dad had taught me like how to change the oil yeah. and change the water and lift up the bonnet. So I thought, I mean, I'm pretty much just a couple of steps away from pit crew. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the old matter, isn't it? <laughs> just tapping stuff. So I think I've even lifted up the bonnet just to show that I know how to do it and give it a bit of the electronics are broken. And then he hasn't even looked at it. He goes, "No, you've run out of petrol." I don't think you're fine. We have, mate. We had 95Ks in the uh, petrol tank. Anyway, he didn't even bother. He just went over to the thing, got a jerry can, filled it up. She started straight away. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, back to your car problem. No, don't worry about that. That's boring. Okay. What I want to talk about, though, is I remember once I was driving to Canberra with a mate. It was an old car. You know, there's always those cars that just random stuff where just will stop. Oh, or yeah. Something will happen or everything will fail or whatever mm-hmm. will go on. Anyway, I'd been having problems in electronics, alternator, whatever keywords you can throw in here, yep. where the car would just sort of boom, boom. You know, oh, God. So you just pull over. And then I uh, call the NRMA because it will not start again. Mm-hmm. Will not start again, okay? My mate, uh, we're going to Canberra. He just uh, reclines in his seat. Fine, fair enough. NRMA turns up by the side of the road. Sort of early morning. Uh, car's sort of fogged up. Two blokes having a bit of a chat. Fine, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, NRMA bloke comes up and says, all right, what's wrong with the thing? And I said, it can't start. See? <laughs> <laughs> so he thought that for some reason we were just calling him for kinky action. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. Very small piece of information that I am very unimpressed with. Apparently Bitcoin is back. Oh, God, I thought we killed this off. I know, right? The Paul and Rach podcast single-handedly brought down Bitcoin. It was a mere matter of days when I revealed what a sham that thing you was. exposed I exposed it. them for what they were, and the next thing you know, markets declined. Everybody was crying out and saying that Bitcoin was a house of cards, a house of crappy financial cards. And now apparently it's up more than 30% in the last two weeks. Oh. Why are people buying back into this crap? But I don't get it. It's this, the internet currency that's like your itchy and scratchy dollars. I don't mm-hmm. understand where you spend it, what you do, why you'd expend it. And as you spoke about a few weeks ago, yeah. they were going to set up an ATM for this. It's rubbish. completely dodgy, but people are banging on about it again and getting back in the game. And I think it's one of those things where as soon as it starts to sort of get a bit of, you know, the talk about it, people are like, oh, well, I want in, I want in. It mm. makes me feel like it's the financial market version of do you ever see those posters on telegraph poles that are like you know earn $350 an hour from home and there's little tabs down there with numbers and some of them are ripped off yeah, yeah, yeah. and you think who the f- has gone up <laughs> and actually thought that this is anything but a pyramid scheme. Well, no, I've always looked at that and I've just gone, so you're a hooker in your own house. Because <laughs> yeah. there's the, what other, $350 from home. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. I have a story here that is going to make you angry on not just one, but potentially two levels. Please. <laughs> the first level involves... Memes like mm. keyboard cats. Mm. 
I've been at a conference this week which has been talking about the world of memes uh, and interneting and all of that business. Oh, it just bores me. There is a real lot of wank that goes on around that gear, isn't there? Just the science of memes. And we go, no, they're not a science. No, I, I know. I, th- I think it's so much of it has got to do with luck and a lot of it has got to do with the fact that the vast majority of people on this planet are f***ing idiots <laughs> and they will lap up the kind of shit that, you know, the normal intellectual human being would not enjoy. But don't get me wrong. I'm not the type of person who's just sitting around just, uh, you know, unless it's classical music, I'm not interested. No. In that I love a fail video. I'm yeah. the one who put on our Facebook page the girl getting, you know. Up the vajay. How good's that video? <laughs> I love that video. I love fail army stuff. Yes. I can sit there watching people getting hit in the nuts for weeks. There's plenty of stuff that, you know, sometimes memes and those kind of things come across your desk and you're like, okay, that's genuinely funny. Mm. But a grumpy cat, because he's got a grumpy face, Don't or keyboard cat. Now, the second layer to this story is that when keyboard cat began to get famous, the owners of keyboard cat were wondering, well, I mean, we got we got offers running in left, Time right, to and centre. Kish cash in. We got to kish cash in on this, but we don't know what we're doing. Mm. Who's going to manage our affairs? No, there's no managing of a cat. Oh, oh no, there's managing of a cat. Enter, oh, Mister Lashes, mm. Mm. <laughs> who uh, was is this a ma- another cat? No, this is a person. What, Mister Lashes? This is, is a, a dude? bloke. This is a dude. I know, but Madam Lashes. Who back? In- no, who back in my early twenties? I probably would have wanted to date because he was in a band and the band wasn't doing too well, and he <laughs> happened to be mates with the keyboard cat owners, and they were looking for somebody to manage keyboard cat's affairs. So well. he stepped in and said, "You know what I'm going to be." I'm going to be a meme manager. Oh, no. No! What's a meme manager? He is also managing Grumpy Cat and Keyboard Cat. He's also, he's also, um, I think he represents uh, Nyan Cat, the rainbow Pop-Tart cartoon cat. He represents Mike Tyson's face tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) That I like. (laughs) And ridiculously photogenic guy. So he has these clients that he books for appearances, for interviews. He made, well, I mean, Grumpy Cat made, but, you know, Grumpy Cat made a million dollars last year. From what? Just YouTube videos? From you, from interviews. He's he's had a movie deal signed up. No. He's got a book, Grumpy Cat, a grumpy book, disgruntled tips and activities designed to put a frown on your face, and a beverage deal, a deal I, with Frisky's Cat I, T-shirts. I hate, I'm sorry, I, just, I am announcing. <laughs> I'm done. No. <laughs> this is, like, seriously, this is, the world of entertainment has now become a camera inside a washing machine. Yep. Photos of a cat. Yep. Going on the internet. Yep. A manager manages mm-hmm. the cat mm-hmm. in the photos on the internet. You know how, do you have business cards? I don't have business no, cards. No. I've never been interested in business I keep being told cards. you're supposed to have them. But no. Yeah, see, but I find it a douchey move. You know, the strange thing is, I can't come up with a title. Like, I'm fine to say, Paul Murray, Sky News, mm-hmm. you know, here's the number, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to write underneath. But if you were Mr. Lash's agent to the non-stars, yeah. I mean, would you even make a business card? Like, this guy is proud as punch. To be taking care of Grumpy Cat. He's managing a face tattoo. Like, how is that even a client? And what happens when the face tattoo is booked to make an appearance somewhere that Mike Tyson isn't? <laughs> exactly. Like- <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Now, Paul and Rach Universe, forgive me for saying something that would be a bit douchey, but let's just get past the douche bit. It's mm-hmm. just a confession, and then mm-hmm. we get on to the rest of it. Uh, I've sort of rediscovered the joy of a train of recent weeks. Uh. 
quite loving it. Quite loving it. But just the etiquette, the fight, the back and forth, all the rest of it. But can I tell you, there are a lot of myths that the media put out there about public transport. And look, some of it can be terrible. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I reckon is just one of those great giveaways that lots of people on the radio and telly uh, don't actually catch public transport. And I will hands up say that I reckon I've said this stuff as well when it had been a couple of years since I jumped on a train. Mm -hmm. I got them early in the morning, got them late at night, got them to the city, got them from the city. I have yet to experience the dickhead carrying on on the phone issue that a lot of people always, we just always assume there's somebody sitting there going, hi, how are you? Rah, 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 yes. rah. No, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Mm. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. Mm. But i got to say, there is this lovely little thing. You know when you turn around and you go, everyone's just got a little informal agreement here. Shut the f*** up. I have to say, though, I catch a train once a week. Uh, and so I don't, I think you probably are exposed to this when you're kind of on that long haul every single day peak hour experience, then you're in a flood of sweaty armpits and just shitty people who don't want to be going on to, to work. But when you're catching it in those outside hours, when it, you're not crammed in a carriage, when you can get a seat if you want to, I always choose to stand. I enjoy a bit of a vestibule area stand. I love it. I don't want to go up or down. No, I, just... I love it. There's nothing better than getting in there and the best feeling of all reminds you of what it was like to be a kid mm. was to grab the seat in front oh, and, and just pull go, it forward. Yes. Clunk, and it's just for me <laughs> yes. now. And remember, that used to be an operation that I am surprised people didn't lose arms. Oh, like, that was like a guillotine. It was a guillotine. <laughs> Those seats are seriously on the old ones that are still rolling around. It is still the ones that I used to catch sort of up the coast. Yeah. It is still guillotine arrangement. But there is a silence to the train journey that is almost zen like. Because people now, I think, especially, are in the age of podcasts and radio on the, you know, iPods and yeah, things yeah. like that. So essentially, people kind of rock on and they listen to things in their little world. And the things that I have difficulty with is that every so often you will come across somebody who is listening to their music so loud yeah, this is, that yes. you can hear it outside of their headphones. Now, the, I don't mind terribly much hearing somebody else's music, but I have the same reaction when I see a douche come past in a car with really loud speakers on. I think to myself, your ears are going to be, like how are your ears surviving through this entire process? Because if you are having your ears earbuds so loud that I can hear that I'm sitting like three people away from you, then surely your eardrums are bleeding. But also, it's always that sort of music that I'll be honest with you. It's all a little strange to me. It's all the youthy sort of, you know. Yes. Always a little, uh, what's his name, Avicii or something. Yeah, like, correct. Yeah. Like, why can't you just have somebody just getting a little bit old school, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of Alana Miles. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, why isn't somebody sitting around listening to this? Stuff? Don't hear that much on the train, I've got to say. It's <laughs> oh, a good bit, actually. Great song. I love that song. It's a great song, is it? But you yeah, know what I mean? Just, they, I do know what you mean. Oh, Let's yeah. just shut up so we can listen. Possible. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Goes on on the side of the road. Everyone together. Love is. Love is. What you want it to be. Love is. Am I too lonely? <laughs> this literally has just <laughs> descended into karaoke. Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach.
All right, that's our little podcast. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of that business. Just go searching for Paul and Rach. Rach's story time back next week, so jump on the Facebook page and suggest what word should replace dirty, dirty words. I won't forget the story next week. I'll bring it with us. Uh, And I feel like because we've done so much singing uh, on this podcast, the way we should get it out is with a sing song. Okay. And do you know what I will suggest? I just a freckle. Oh, you did eat oh, a freckle. Thank you, Trevor. We'll like the microphone. Oh, yes. Thank you. EFTM.com. Um, you know what we used to do, and this means mm. that we're going to sing a little song, but most of it's going to be beeped. We used to like to play a game when we did a show together called This Will Be Beeped Too. Good girl. And the premise of this song was essentially to insert naughty words, sort of the opposite of story time, into existing songs. Mm-mm. And one of my personal favourites uh, was Living on a Prayer. Oh, yeah, okay. Which will be entirely beeped, but essentially the essence is you just find rude words that rhyme with the words you're singing. And I think if you know Living on a Prayer, you can sort of guess what the the rhyme would be. I've forgotten this, but you're going to lead me here, all right? Here we okay. go. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, in the hair. See you next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Paul and Rach.